Good evening and welcome back to our Christian education. Thank you for joining us. We hope these lessons have been helping you, challenging you, encouraging you throughout the week. Tonight, we're switching up the format a little bit. What we're going to try is around 45 minutes for the main lesson and a little bit of discussion. And we're going to leave half an hour at the end for the bulk of the discussion with a Zoom meeting. So if you want to really get into some of the deeper questions and deeper discussions, we'll invite you to join us for the Zoom meeting where we can have question and answer and better discussion afterwards. And I will send the link for you in the chat so you can join that. For today, we're going to actually jump over to lesson 10 in Max Ocado's book, Life Lessons from John. Lesson 10, Jesus' Prayer. And with that, over to you, Pastor Ive. Well, good evening, brethren, friends, and our fellow students of the Word. It's such a wonderful sunny evening this evening, and we trust that we will have a good time uh, digging in the Word of God, letting it uh, soak in us so it may keep us on the right path. As uh, our introducer said, we are in lesson 10, uh, Jesus' prior. Uh, the scripture will be from St. John chapter 17. Uh, we take the section of uh, verse 1 to 26. And this, of course, is from uh, John Locado's uh, book that we are following. Uh, let us begin with a word of prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, that you are God and there is no one like you. You are God of the Most High. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And this evening, God, we look to you, Father in heaven, as, as your subject, as your children. We want to hear from you. We want to search out your scriptures. Father, open our hearts and our minds. Open our understanding. Heavenly Father, speak to us and teach us, Lord, that your words may speak from the pages of your scriptures, that, Father, we may learn, that we may walk uprightly and honestly before you, God, surrendering our hall and making you our one and only God. Father, we thank you and we bless your name. May all the glory go to your name, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we look first at a little bit of the reflection I will jump around in there a little bit, so please follow in your books. Hearing someone pray for us by name can have a deep and lasting effect. It's to know that someone is actually thinking about us and that our name has been mentioned in God's presence. Whether or not they hear us, we can make it a habit to include thoughtful prayer for others when we bow before God. Think for a moment about how you pray for others. By the way, that's our, our duty. It's part of us. We always pray one for another. Mm -hmm. So here's a question. What if anything needs to change? If we already if we are already praying for others, you know, think of what way you have been doing it. Do we call 
them by name. I know they are like my mother and a, a lot of the older folks, you know, they were called by name and they are those of us who would say, Lord, bless the church, for example. But there's something about calling, about calling each individual by name before God. So think about it. What would you change? What needs to change when you do pray one for another? I think for myself, that idea of uh, mentioning someone's name, you know, sometimes we like to say, make groups, make generalizations. Lord, bless their family, you know, bless the kids, bless the church. But you know, it challenges me. There's something about mentioning someone by name, but also something about them hearing their name. So it challenges me to maybe have more personal prayers, maybe more one-on-one, if it's possible, so that they can also hear that someone's praying for them. Amen. And uh, uh, to add to that, I think it it becomes a personalized thing. Instead of one blanket prayer going on, covering each one, when we start calling by names, we find out we, we, we got to uh, find individual things to pray for that particular person for. So it becomes more personalized. It shows that we really care about each individual to know their name so we can mention them before Almighty God. Very good. Very good. I'm sure you can think of uh, adjustments we can make to come more in line with the scriptures. We look at the at the situation at the setting before we read. This was taking place, or this took place, uh, right after the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples. In light of his approaching betrayal and death, Jesus prayed for his followers. Think of how many times you'll be considering leaving loved ones to go somewhere if you're God fearing. You know that you cannot be there. You know. You know that you cannot be in two places at the same time so this is where you really say i am leaving them in the hands of the lord and our practice is to pray for them cover them with the blood of jesus so we can leave with a contented heart knowing that they are in the hands of the master amen so if we, we go to our scripture from the new international version I'm going to read from verse 1 and uh, down to verse 26, just such that the scripture gets in here. I begin here. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might Give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. 
I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. It is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. In verse 26, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Praise the Lord for the reading of his word. Amen. So we look a little bit at the exposition, exploration, pardon me. So we have a question. With all that prayer that Jesus did, 
What was Jesus' request to the Father at the beginning of his prayer? And the main verses that would reveal these are verses 1 to 5. So if we look back at some of those, we can glean some of the things that Jesus was asking for, for his disciples. One of the things he asked for was that, um, that he would be glorified, you know, because God had given him authority and glory over all people. Mm -hmm. And then the other part that was interesting to me is that he says he has given us eternal life right and that eternal life was not that we would live forever he didn't say but that we would know him and that was interesting for me Amen. Amen. and uh what what pops to mind for me i go back to the lazarus uh, lesson when he said i am the way the truth and the life no one cometh to the father but by me and here he was praying and talking about eternal life because uh, the father has given uh, his disciples to him that through him they would have eternal life you know that what a blessing uh, to be prayed over us what a blessing to be prayed over those that you love you know, not for riches, not for houses <laughs> and land, but that they would abide in the master, that they would walk in the things that Jesus taught them. I don't know how you think uh, of this out there, but this is a perfect example that Jesus does expect us to walk a certain way. It can be, it cannot be, in whichever way we think there's a certain structure and a certain way mm -hmm. that he has called his followers to walk and I think we also should pay attention uh, not only what Jesus prays but how he prays mm -hmm. he put it right at the very beginning of his prayer uh, these ways that he wants us to walk in like it was very important to Jesus that we would dwell in him that we would know him that we would be in him mm -hmm. and i feel like some sometimes these days we de-emphasize that the abiding part the, the dwelling in him part but mm -hmm. to jesus clearly it was very important that we we be in him and stay in him amen amen and that creates a a special identity for us because in, in verse 3 said, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to eternal life but through this. Mm -hmm. These are the words from the Master. And so, most definitely, if the author of the salvation tells you uh, to walk this way, I believe we are to obey. Yeah. Don't you? It's uh, very important to him, so it should be very important to us. Amen. Amen. We, we, we look at uh, question two. What did Jesus ask the Father to do for his disciples? 
if I can be very facetious right now, Jesus prayed the exact opposite of what we would have prayed. Oh, oh. I mean, just, just to play devil's advocate for the sake of conversation, mm-hmm. what would we have said at that time? Lord, thank you that you've saved us. Now take us out of the world. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be here. We don't want to deal with this anymore. But Jesus actually prayed the opposite. In verse 15, he says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, mm-hmm. but that you protect them from the evil one. Amen. Amen. And because he made that distinction, clearly we can see that even though our, our, our abode is here, we cannot be the same as before we, was, we were called to him. For example, the disciples, he was asking God to protect and to cover. It, he wasn't asking the Father, Lord, spare them from what they were about to go through. At times we have that kind of instinct. Now that you have saved me, Father, you know, uh, clean me up. And when I'm in that good place, just take me home. Mm-hmm. You see, we are, we are truly called to service. Our calling is just preparing us to do what the purpose and the will of God is. And so uh, I see Jesus asking the Father, you know, I know they got to stay here, but protect them Mm -hmm. from the world. I wonder why. Hmm. It would seem like the, 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 the world could really get at you. Or is trying to get at you are trying to get at you. But from, from this I can see there, there clearly should be a dividing line to who are gods and who are the worlds, but we are still here uh, to be the light of the world as the, world, as the scriptures have taught us to be. So we point the way, show forth the glory, the glory of God. I think that's a very good point when, um, to, when you have discussion with maybe some believers who who really say that Christians should blend in almost indistinct Mm -hmm. from non-believers. But here Jesus is saying, you know, they're not of the world. You know, protect them from the world. He even says sanctify them. And sanctification is a process of, you know, just setting apart for God's purpose. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that there is a distinction, that there is a difference. We should not look exactly the same. That's right. As the world. And uh, 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 as the scripture has taught us, if we are new creatures when we come to Christ. We hear the term being born again. So seem to me there would be a set that's born again and a set that is not born again mm-hmm. or yet to be born again. You know, so clearly a distinction there. Yeah. So then we have the world on one side, if we are going to be the light of the world, we cannot, we cannot be conformed to the world, but we got to be conformed, conformed to the true light, so that the true light can shine through us, so that the world can see, yeah. and come to know God Almighty. Ah, deep stuff. Maybe we take one more question here. In, in question three, and this is very important, what did Jesus ask the Father to do for all 
believers in him. And uh, we would find those described in verses 20 to 26. I look at verse 20 and he says, I do not pray for these alone. So the question would be, so who, Lord? Who else are you praying for? But also for those who will believe in me through their word. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. I believe I come to know him through the word of these very disciples. To know that Jesus was praying for me. This little guy, Jesus, yeah. prayed for me. Looked ahead and saw us too. So the same prayer he prayed for them. Would you admit that's a good prayer? I believe it, that's an awesome prayer. But the same prayer he prayed for them, he was praying the same prayer for me. And guess what? He was praying the same prayer for you. I think it's really great that you point that out because I don't know how many of us have ever personalized it for us in that way. Yeah, we know he was praying for his disciples, but I don't know how many of us took that extra step to, be, to say, oh, not just for them, but through all who will believe me through their message. We are included. I am included in that prayer. He prayed for me. Amen. 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 And even sometimes when we, when we have difficulties in walking right, when we, we are thinking, God, I can't do it. It is impossible. Remember, Jesus prayed for you that we might be in him and he and the Father in us, that we would be one with him that same prayer that he has been uh, praying for the glory of his disciples applies to us because he prayed for you and he prayed for me amen oh bless the lord oh man how wonderful we look at the inspiration here a little bit why do jesus and his disciples sorry why do jesus and his angels rejoice over one repenting sinner so the question, can they see something we can't? <laughs> Do they know something we don't? And I like John's conclusion, absolutely. They're at a totally higher level than we are. What do you think? I heard these statements growing up in church. Oh, the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner and has come to Christ is to show how valuable, how in line with the scripture that said he left, the good shepherd left the 99 to go search for the one that was lost. Every soul is important. Brethren, let's remember that. Every single soul is important before God. I don't believe he just bundles us, but I believe he knows us by name, and he knows exactly what he has purposed for every single one of us. I mean, if, you, if now that we think about the fact that he was praying for us as well, that it was so important for him to pray for those in the present and for those of us who are in the future, mm -hmm. uh, then it all of a sudden doesn't seem so weird that they would rejoice over one sinner coming to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very important to him like his followers are very important to him right and so to be brought into that family 
that that's a big deal for him. Sometimes maybe we don't understand how big a deal it is to to God mm-hmm. that we come into that fellowship, come into that family. Mm-hmm. But then if we think, okay, if he even took the time to look into the future to his future family members, it, it's a big deal when we finally come to him after all of that time. Amen. 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 And to play a... Uh, uh, Maybe a, a, an advocate. I don't want to say the devil's advocate because <laughs> I don't want to do anything for him. But you see, even even for church, as uh, we like to uh, look at ourselves as soul winners for him. You know, if we have a service and ten decided, oh Lord, I accept the Lord as my savior tonight. We we start dancing and singing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when it's one or two. Our enthusiasm might be as uh, as great as when the numbers are bigger. But if we learn to rejoice, whether it's one or a hundred, mm-hmm. it is still a big deal. There's somebody who who had come to believe, opened their heart, and said, "Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. No more." Will I walk in the bondage of sin? I want to serve you with my whole life. That's a rejoicing. That's a one more chain that has been broken. That is one more grave that has lost the victory. Yeah, making a bigger deal of the one, of the individual. Amen. I think it, it's good. Overall, Jesus is an individual person. He mm-hmm. went to the crowds, but he also made a point to go to the individuals Amen. and paid attention to each person. True, 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 true. The angels indeed know something we don't. They know what heaven holds and they know, you know, what we are, we are being exposed to. You know, he went on, Max went on to describe a little bit of what heaven might be like. And I, I want to read a little bit of it, if we have time. Mm-hmm. I'll begin at the second paragraph. When you arrive and enter the party, something wonderful will happen. A final transformation will occur. You will be just like Jesus. Some people think this is impossible. But this is the word of God. Drink deeply from 1 John 3 and verse 2. What we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Of all the blessings of heaven, one of the greatest will be you. You will be God's magnum opus, his work of art. The angel will gasp. God's work will be completed. At last, you will have a heart like his. And we like to put it in, in, in our layman terms. No more crying. No more weeping. No more, you know, feeling empty over the loss of a loved one. And to be a little bit uh, prankish. No more COVID. Well, absolutely. <laughs> 19, 20, 21, 22, stop, no more. Stop, please. <laughs> you don't need 20s. <laughs> Just think all the pain, all the suffering, all the, 
uh, the most dreaded diseases that we know would all be over when we make it there. But there is a process before we get there. A mm -hmm. uh, little bit more from him. You will love with a perfect love. You will worship with a radiant face. You will hear each word God speaks. Your heart will be pure. Your words will be like jewels. Your thoughts will be like treasures. You will be just like Jesus. You will at long last have a heart like his. Envision the heart of Jesus and you will be envisioning your own guiltless, fearless, thrilled and joyous, tirelessly worshipping, flawlessly discerning. As the mountain stream is pristine and endless, so will be your heart. You will be like him. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Bless the name of Jesus. So we go to some questions here. What are some of the daily pressures you face? Rank them from 1 to 10. With 1 being lightest and 10 being the heaviest. <laughs> pressures. We know pressure, don't we? We want to do that right now. Okay, well, if we could get some help from our online watchers, if you could comment one or two things that you feel like are daily pressures that we face, and we'll see if we can't come up with a bit of a list here. Amen. Amen. Daily pressures. For me, especially while working in trades, the biggest pressure was to look like everybody else. Mm. They want you to wear the same vest with the same stripes going in the same direction, have the same tools with the same brand. They were really big on that, and I I disliked it. Mm. <laughs> Pressures. I I would add to that list the pressure when of a new convert. You know, you just uh, something got a hold of you and pulled you in. And before you know it, you're opening your heart, lifting your hand, and going, Oh Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. The pressures that whatever lifestyle you have been in, whatever you have been set in, whatever habits you have, they expect like the next day you would be like perfect. <laughs> you know, so one night one night you were a sinner and the next day you were living a perfect life before Jesus Christ. Oh, the instant talk, transformation. Talk about pressure. <laughs> Another one might be to um, react the same as everybody else. So like right now, mm -hmm. there's a really big pressure to fear the same way as everyone else is fearing. Mm -hmm. Or to be able to quote scripture after scripture because if you cannot recite them if you cannot quote them by heart then you're not reading the bible it's interesting from 1 to 10 10 being the heaviest I wonder why I left the heaviest for the last we, we would have a tendency to start with the heaviest and come down to the lightest but there's something about listing them then you can put them before God. Mm -hmm. That's true. And pray over them. So while you continue writing, maybe uh, when we, we are over in, in Zoom, there we can have some 
interesting discussion about that list. Now, with, with question eight, I want to ask one of my own questions. Does Jesus's prayer for the disciples encourage you? It didn't before, but I think it might be more encouraging now. Mm -hmm. so. Knowing that really he intended for me to be included in that prayer as well. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, the importance of it is that uh, as a young person, when I got saved, I was told by many, you know, that what you read in the Bible was for that time, for those disciples, but you can forget about it. You got to be a Jew for you to be included in that. And when I start to learn that, no, 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 no. He died for the whole world. Amen. He died no matter what corner you're from. Salvation is for every single one of us. Absolutely. I became really excited. And then when you, to look at the prayer to know that it is not going to be a harder way for me than the person in the East or the West because the master had prayed the same prayer for each one of us. That means he opened the door of opportunity similarly for each one. I know some can be gifted and we might be intimidated by that sometimes, but the anointing is available for each one of us. And not only that, he also said, I've given them the glory that you gave me. That they, that they may be one as we are one. Mm -hmm. Jesus really laid a lot of groundwork and put in a lot of, I don't know how you, a lot of, I want to say cheats, but he, he gave us all of the tools, all the equipping, laid all the groundwork that we needed to be successful in this. He mm -hmm. prayed before all of this would happen so that we, we would have hope of getting through this and that we would have hope of, of getting through the world and continue to be in him and one with him like he wanted us to be. Amen. Amen. He's able to take care of us. So John, uh, Max, his question here is, how does Jesus' prayer encourage you to face those pressures? We go back to the, uh, the simple song that said, when Christ is in the vessel, I know some of you out there knows it, mm. you can smile at the storm when he is inside nothing is impossible to us mm -hmm. he said fear not i have overcome the world and he plans he prays that we be one with him and the father amazing so if he's if he's in us what pressure exactly that i think that's the whole point it's not like we are one with a tree stump. <laughs> true, true. Some people probably behave like, oh, I'm one with, with the fence post over there. It really has no effect, no bearing mm -hmm. on our ability to endure or to do more than we can by ourselves. That's right. But the Son of God, with all of His glory and with all of His power and with all of His wisdom, is in us and we are one with Him. Amen. Then it's not just us. Mm -hmm. Then we have more available to us and available through us to overcome. All of a sudden it becomes more encouraging. Amen. 
so we can join with the with, with the songwriter that says it's not I that live it but Christ, Christ. that live it in me amen what pressure brethren <laughs> what pressure fellow students of the scriptures what pressure I like it the first said greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world exactly amen. and if we get into the physics side of it sure let's do it the, the, the pressure inside is greater than the one outside then that would mean the pressure on the inside would cause whatever's on the inside to affect the outside, not the other way around. Amen. Amen. So you cannot be crushed by the outside pressure. Because the inside pressure is greater than the outside pressure. Wonderful. I like it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Here's a provocative question. What tends to interfere in verse, uh, question 9? What tends to interfere with your prior life? How have you sought to overcome this? You see, you do inventory. What tends to interfere with your prayer life? We know we, have, we, know we should pray. We know the goodness of being able to talk to the Father, talk to our Lord and Savior. But at times we have interference. What tends to interfere with busyness of life life busyness is a big part of it the enemy doesn't even have to do much if he can keep you too busy to do anything right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. distract you all the time with things to do mm -hmm. I'm a little lady I have it to do <laughs> I have it to do till I don't know what to do excuse me it's just a little poem <laughs> How have you sought to overcome this? If busyness is what hinders or affect uh, our, our everyday prayer, then we gotta find ways to lessen that busyness. Maybe we need a little bit more organize, organizing of our time and prioritizing our time. What do you think? Uh. Yeah, I think we have to make a point to to stop, to, mm -hmm. to shut things out, to, to be quiet, mm -hmm. and uh, give you know give our heart, our soul a chance to catch up and to to not be busy. Mm -hmm. And and uh, we have a uh, someone texting, you know, laziness. <laughs> true, true. Sometimes it's plain lazy. Can't deny it. You know, the, 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 the flesh will want to relax when you need to pray. Or I'll pray tomorrow, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Hmm? The Lord understands. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it's true. All, all of that is true. Now, how, how have you sought to overcome this? Maybe we haven't uh, sought hard enough to overcome it. Maybe there's more we could do. Mm -hmm. If if we think we are helpless to hit, we won't try at all. Mm -hmm. If busyness is the cry, it's not that we are saying, don't get your stuff done. But remember our plan, our our promise was to 
put God first. So we got to make sure that everything takes second place. And then you'll find out that some of the stuff that was, were, what was hindering suddenly not as significant. You still get them done, but you're still able to maintain a steady prior life. We have another uh, comment here, motivation. And that's an interesting one as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Because why, the question is, why should I pray? Mm -hmm. As opposed to doing all these other things that I have to do. And it's a good question, especially if prayer has only been more of a ritual mm -hmm. or a, a tradition than a meaningful connection with God. True, true. And, and if, we, if we take a little step back to when Jesus went to the garden and was praying, he, he had told his disciples, pray that you enter not into temptation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you see, when we understand some of the, the, the things that bombards us, we would want to pray such that we don't fall into the traps of the enemy. That before you know it, we are crying, Lord, what happened to me? You know, you talk to him such that he covers you, such that he opens your eyes, strengthens you, so you can overcome the wiles of the enemy. So that, that's an interesting point to the question you asked before. Have we sought to overcome this? Part of that battle is praying before it happens. Amen. 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 Remember, someone says, remember we are not living for yourself, for ourselves, but for him who suffered for us. True, true. True, true. You know, some very interesting comments from out there. Awesome. Awesome. So one last question and then closing comments. Okay. How do you overcome feelings of discouragement when your prayers seem to go unanswered? Maybe we shouldn't have left this one for wow. the last. Yeah, you could have started with this one. <laughs> That's one of the most common asked questions in the Christian faith today mm -hmm. and probably is one of the things that wrecks the most Christians anyways mm -hmm. is this concept of an unanswered prayer or what we perceive as an unanswered prayer yeah yeah when discouragement come in that will also affect our prayer because if you don't feel like it's being answered where is the the inspiration to continue to pray. You know, if, because this is such a great question, maybe this is the perfect question to kick off our Zoom discussion with. Because I feel like a lot of people will want to input and go back and forth with this because there's a lot that we could discuss there. True, true. So perhaps what we'll do is... Uh, Say a prayer to close at this point. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you all for attending this and coming with this. Link for Zoom. And then what we're going to do is provide in the chat a link for the Zoom meeting. And we'll spend 30 minutes uh, Q&A and discussion. Uh, more of a personal feeling. We'll get to see some faces, hear some voices, and really get into more heated discussion about these questions like what do you do 
when discouragement comes in from unanswered prayers. Amen. Amen. So at this time, join me with this prayer at the end where we have devotion. If you have your book, others of us, uh, just lift your heart and personalize these words as I read them for you. Father, your son showed us how to pray. He prayed in the morning. He prayed in the evening. He prayed alone and he prayed with others. In hours of distress, he retreated into times of prayer. In hours of joy, he lifted his heart to you. Help us to pray in the same way and to make prayer a priority in our daily lives. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 And your homework, journaling, as we switch gears here, how can you be more involved in the ministry of prayer? And you got to write that note to yourself. And remember, God will see it, and we will see you. Real soon. God bless you now. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight. If you have already received a link for your Zoom discussion room, please use that link now. If you haven't yet, we have also added it in the chat so you can click on the link and join us for discussions. Thank you everyone. Have a wonderful night. Amen.